What's up, my Bridgers, my Bridgians, my Bridgians, whatever it is? It is Bridgians. so good to see all of you guys here tonight. Anybody new, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. It's always awesome seeing new faces, and we'd love to meet you guys. Yeah, and if it's your first time, I love you the most. Probably. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But I love you very much. All right, guys. So we are going to be heading into something that we call family time. And if you've been here a while, we're doing it a little bit different. We're going to make it more of a game. But as we're doing our family time, then giving is going to be happening. Yep. 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 So give out of the center of your heart. And yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. So we are going to head into family time. Do you want to explain, Quincy? Yeah, we did this last week. Just to get to know each other, we're gonna do or play a game called Sit Down If. So everybody stand up, stand up please. And then we're gonna ask you questions and if it applies to you, then you have to sit down. Got a couple questions for you. All right. You wanna ask the first one? All right, guys. So first question, sit down if. You like turkey more than ham. All of you guys are yeah. whack. It's all about that ham, honey glazed, brown sugar. You already know with the little pineapples on top. Okay, okay, a little bit of fire. Turkey is way drier than ham too, so like, you gotta like drench your ham or your turkey and like, it's a dark meat. Oh my gosh, it's all about the ham. Come on now. Ooh, All right. some ham for some ham. All right, everybody sit or stand back up, please. Pretty please with the cherry on top. Our next question. Sit down if you prefer hot chocolate over chocolate milk. Ooh. If you say chocolate milk, actually, I like raise that. your hand if you had Yoohoo. Chocolate Who's milk Yoo -hoo? Yoo -hoo is, is so good. Milk. Joey's had Yoohoo. Come on. Okay, all you chocolate milk lovers, y'all can stand back up. All right, sit down if you are wearing a flannel right now. You know it's fall, everybody's busting their flannels out. We know y'all are basic, we planned ahead. Okay, hey, JJ, you just gotta okay. sit down the whole time. It just, it's, got the dots with the white socks. I know, wow, all you flannel wearers. Drippy. Alright, everybody stand back up, please. Our next question. Sit down if you read a book in the last month. Shoot. I don't know how to read, truth be told. So if anyone wants to teach me, it'd be greatly appreciated. The last time I read a book was all right, next question. <laughs> Quincy forgot. <laughs> all right, guys, y'all can stand back up, all you nerds. <laughs> all right, guys, this is your opportunity to flex. Sit down if you own a pair of AirPods. JJ's already sitting down. Dang, the whole room sat down. That's a lot more than I thought, actually. Shoot. The rest of you guys, I'll be praying for you because AirPods, are life-changing like a relationship with God. Come on now. Hey, but who got pros though? Okay, raise your hand if you got the pros. pros? Oh, okay. Big 
dollars. Big dollars. Make sure dollars. nobody uh, is by you guys so you don't get so they don't get stolen. All right, everybody, stand back up. Sit down if you like Pepsi more than Coke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I think I like Pepsi more, but that's just because I don't like, uh, s sorry buddy. Dang, okay, okay. Alright, all, right, all y'all can stand back up. This isn't a question, but how many of you are high school girls? Alright, so I'm looking at you guys right now. High school boys, no shame if you sit down. Sit down if you went through a believer phase. You had Bieber fever. Come on now, never say never, never, never. Okay. Well, Mike, you gotta sit down. Mike, I, I know you Kai were cool. Thompson, sit down. Kai Thompson, sit down. Because you're a believer. You're the biggest believer I know. Mike grew it. All right, but anyways, everybody stand up. This one will determine who are my favorite people in the room. Sit down if you like apple juice more than orange juice. Oh. Orange juice is, hey, orange juice is way better. Hey, the best orange Dude. juice is better than the best apple juice. Apple juice is delicious. Exactly. Yeah, the Donald Duck orange juice is the best orange juice for sure. All right, you guys can all stand back up, you crazy hooligans. Last but not least, how many of you guys have a beat up pair of Air Force Ones? High school girls, I'm looking at you again. Not like I'm picking you on you guys or anything tonight. But if you got a pair of beat up, not just any Air Force Ones, beat up Air Force Ones, sit down. Sit down. Right when you buy them, like the day after, they look like they went through like World War II or World War III, whatever it is. The next one. World War III, actually. All right, everybody sit down. That'll, that concludes our game of sit down if. Thank you to all the people that like orange juice better, but that's all right, it's whatever. All right, guys, so everything I said about giving before, completely disregarded it. It was a bunch of heresy, but the only part of it that was true is we are called to give, so give out of the center of your heart. There's never any pressure or obligation to give, but whatever you feel like God is putting in your heart, you can go to the online, thebridgechurch.tv website or the Bridge Church app Select give and the youth option, and you'll be able to help out our ministry. Bless us a little bit. Please. We love you guys. And anyways, next we got our announcements. All right. <laughs> Dang, we love the hype. You guys already know social media, at bridge, YTH underscore. If you don't follow us by now, I really don't know what you're doing with your life probably going to be praying for you every single day until you do. Use our hashtag BridgeYTH to post some dope pictures because we love to see them. Next up, Sunday services. We're back to Sunday services in person for like a while, but if you do only go to Wednesdays and not Sundays, I don't know what to tell you. 
we're here 9.30 and 11.30 a.m., not p.m., because we, I don't know, it's, it's in the morning because it's, it's smarter, yeah. All right, guys, how many of you guys have been enjoying our school clubs online? I know I have. It's been a super dope experience. I've been loving seeing the content that we've been putting out. If you guys don't know, every single Tuesday at 3 p.m., we will be posting on our Bridge Youth YouTube and online short service. There's YouTube, there's announcements, worship, a short message. It's amazing. You guys want to start tuning in. Trust me. Yeah. All right, next up, we got our worship. So everybody's... Yeah, but it's, uh, it's dead, but it's whatever. Next, we got worship. So uh, everybody stand up. Don't head to the front. Oh, actually, sorry. Every Wednesday, we're back indoors. So due to the weather and daylight savings, we're moving inside and back to our normal service times. 6 p.m. hangs and 7 p.m. service. And on that note, we are now going to head into worship. Before we start, nobody heading out to the front. I know, it's a bummer, but we got to maintain our distance. So everybody stay in your seat. Go ahead and stand up and get your hearts ready for worship.
I want to share a passage of scripture that this song reminds me of. It's Matthew 8, 23 to 27. It says, and when he got into the boat, speaking of Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? I love this story because what the, I feel like the significance of the story is, is that the disciples forget that in the midst of a storm that Jesus is in the boat. That he is in the boat. And the reason why this is significant is because if Jesus is the giver of eternal life, if he is the giver of eternal life, that is something that does not begin or end. And if we're experiencing temporary experiences or circumstances and he is for us, then nothing can be against us. And so if we're going to be experiencing things and we're going through trials and tribulations in this life, we're allowed to take heart and have confidence and have hope and have peace because Jesus has overcome anything that this world has to offer. And now I love what the question is at the end. He says, what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? Well, the answer to that question is that man is the savior of the world. That man is the king of kings and the lords of lords. That man is for whom and by all things which everything was created. He is the man that came and interceded for us perfectly so that you would never have to pay the debt of your sin and for because of Jesus is in our boat and he sleeps because he is confidently and sovereignly in control of every situation in this room. So Bridge Youth, be encouraged today that you serve a God that not only loves you and paid and died on the cross for your sins, but every single day he intercedes for you lovingly and uniquely has a relationship tied specifically to you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this ministry of Bridge Youth. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit be upon us, God, that you work within us, that we may glorify you. Lord, I pray for Corey's message, God, that it not be his words, but it be your words, Lord, that we leave in awe of worship of you, Lord. I pray, God, that the believer be strengthened and that the unbeliever be brought in into the family. God, I pray that in every aspect of our ministry, Lord, that we humble ourselves and let your name be glorified because, Lord, you are the King of kings. You are the most high. No name is greater than the name of Jesus Christ. And as a beautiful family, Lord, we all gather together and pray, amen. Amen. Hey, tonight's going to be a good night, y'all. We are in week two of our series entitled The Comeback Kids. Hey, look at someone at your neighbor from a six feet apart distance and say, what's up, as you find your seats and as we get into the message. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? You good? Who's in? Who's just loving the cold weather? Come on. Who misses? Who misses summer already? 
Come on, that's my people. Let's go. Hey, if you got a Bible, turn to Judges chapter 16. You said, oh, no. I brought a friend on the night that we're going to the book of Judges. No, no, don't worry. Uh, it'll be okay. By the end of it all, you'll leave feeling better, not worse. I promise if you're brand new, you're joining us for the first time. We like to welcome guests every week by saying we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. We believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. This will be an encouragement, not a discouragement, as we're in the book of Judges, chapter 16. Hey, we're continuing in our series entitled The Comeback Kids. Man, I love this series so far. This is week two. Last week we talked about the prodigal son. Uh, we're jumping in to week two. I just love, there's just something about a good comeback story. And we see them all the time. Um, any hoopers in the building? Any basketball fans? Uh, man, like, for us, right now, we got such a great comeback story in the NBA. The little dude known as Steph Curry, ignored in college, really, like, didn't get a ton of great college offers, went and played for a small school called Davidson, really put them on the map. Early in his, uh, he didn't get drafted high, early in, this, uh, in his career, had a bunch of um, ankle injuries, and then ultimately came back to become, well, Steph Curry. Um... I love, I love the story of uh, maybe one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, um, Abraham Lincoln, which was president number... Nope. Nope. There we go. President number 16, Abraham Lincoln. Um, if you didn't know, Abraham Lincoln was a businessman, but a failed businessman. He actually tried to start a handful of businesses, failed um, through that process, suffered from a, a terrible nervous breakdown. Later on in life, he ended up trying to run for Congress, and he, he failed at that too, all to come back to be really one of the most famous and greatest presidents that we've ever had in our nation. Just this last Sunday, we, we saw an incredible comeback story as the clock went down to zero, and... The Chargers were up by one point, yet the, the catch in the end zone was called incomplete, and God's team, the Las Vegas Raiders, came out of only the Chargers can um, lose a game where they're up by one with no time on the clock. Yet another great comeback story. We got a ton of great comeback stories here in our church um, What's hilarious is uh, both the people that I'm talking about are not able to be here tonight, one because of work and another because of a family trip. So hopefully you're either watching online or watching this later. But um, the Dunn family, every single one of them individually has a great comeback story. But that, that family in general, just, man, a couple years back, the enemy was just attacking their family. And they just decided to choose restoration and, and, and healing. And here they are now, like, just this incredible, incredible story. If you, if you don't know who they are, um, the lady with a ton of tattoos that drums, that's Laura. Her husband is a firefighter, literally. He also cooks and cleans and he's buff, a.k.a. he's a better man than any one of us in this room will ever be able to be. Incredible story. Um, our very own Noah Southall has an incredible story raised by a single mom. A lot of crazy challenges in his family, and yet here he is. He's doing our school of ministry, one of our number one worship leaders here in youth serving God. There's something about a good comeback story. Amen? 
And that's why we're doing this series called The Comeback Kids. And really we're digging into different characters in the Bible that have awesome comeback stories and what we can learn from them. Here's your sermon in a sentence. I'm going to give it to you already. I believe that if you can't say it in a sentence, don't say it at all. Your sermon in a sentence is this. One thing. Everyone say one thing. Come on, a little louder. Say one thing. All right, come on. Help me out. Shout one thing. There we go. Okay, you're on board now. You, you're awake now? All right, shake your neighbor. Wake him up. Wake him up. Who's had coffee today? Who's had coffee? I need your guys' help. Coffee drinkers, you guys are saved. Anybody have more than one coffee today? Let's go. You're saved, sanctified. Come on now. I need your guys' help. Here we go. Your sermon in a sentence is this. One thing. Everyone say one thing. One thing could cost you everything. Man, one thing could cost you everything. Write that down. If you remember nothing else I say, remember that. One thing could cost you everything. And can I just say that as a youth pastor, I have seen that the majority of people's one thing is their boo thing. A hundred percent. No comparison, without a doubt. The number one thing that I've seen that robs young people of the call of God on their life, the one thing that gets people to walk away from God, the one thing that gets people to leave church, leave community, leave God's plan for their life, abandon their faith, and never come back, absolutely 100% is getting into a relationship they never should have been in. And all the youth leaders said amen. Without comparison, that's the one thing. And so it was with comeback kid number two, Samson. Write down the name Samson. We're going to be getting into Samson's story. I got to give you a little bit of a summary really quick. So um, just put your Bible nerd nerd hats on for a real quick second. Be a theologian. I'm going to give you what's really pretty much an entire synopsis of the book of Judges. So you'll be able to leave as like a book of Judges expert. You ready? Here it is. Um, God's people, which was Israel, they kept rebelling against God. And then God's enemies, which in this case was the Philistine, they kept taking over God's people. The theme of this book, the book of Judges, are found in, in these words that are sprinkled all the way throughout the book. The book ends with these words, Judges chapter 17, verse 6. In those days, Israel, that's God's people, Israel had no king and all, everybody say all, All the people did whatever. Everyone say whatever. (laughs) That was your one chance, white girls. You had your moment, and it came and went. They did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So God um, established what was called judges. Don't think of like a black robe and like a gavel, you're guilty. Think like Avengers. Think like military. Think splinter cell type people. These were like really like cool, crazy people that, yes, killed people. Uh, The Bible is gnarly. Um, And Samson is actually the last judge in the book of Judges. He was born um, miraculously to a barren mother, a mother that was not supposed to be able to have kids, and yet she had kids. She had... um, She had Samson, and because it was such a miracle, she devoted him as what was called a Nazarite. Everyone say Nazarite. You sound like a biblical scholar right now. Really quick, write this down because this is going to be important for the rest of the message. The Nazarite vow was three things. When it really came down to it, the Nazarite vow was three things. It was don't drink, don't touch anything that's dead, and don't cut your hair. 
Now, I know those are some random rules, and if you, you're, some of you guys are like, if the only rules my parents gave me was don't drink, don't touch anything that's dead, and don't cut my hair, life would be rad, right? This isn't like a standard for how we are supposed to live. This was just the Nazarite vow. Not 100% sure all the details to why this was the vow, and a lot of these were the rules, but these were them. You're going to see why they're important in a little bit. So because uh, Samson was set apart, he was a judge, he was uh, a Nazarite, God granted him legitimate, like, incredible Hulk-type strength, like, straight up, like, really strong dude. And because of that, he won all these crazy battles. One time he killed a lion with his bare hands, like, I run in the opposite direction if I see a house cat that I don't know. At one time, he took on a swarm of deadly bees just to get some honey. One time, he killed 1,000 military elite soldiers that were in a Philistine army. He killed them with no weapon. He had no weapon. He had the jawbone of a donkey. See, everyone has their weapons. Um, Hawkeye, he had his bow. Thor had his hammer. Cap, Captain America had a shield. Samson had the jawbone of a donkey. But he took out a thousand soldiers with this, like gnarly dude. Um, he had also not only the jawbone of the donkey, he had a problem with the ladies. And he met this girl named Delilah. Yes, she is the one from the song, Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York? But she wasn't from New York. Um, and Delilah, he think like, Delilah, okay, it's what it is. Delilah was hot, smoking hot. She was super hot. She was the, um, oh gosh, you guys, oh, I just, I'm talking about a thousand-year-old ancient biblical character, and my wife just walked in. 100% um, she was the, uh, I was thinking about singing that TikTok song, but I'm not going to. Uh, she was absolutely like that girl. And, and uh, Samson, tall, dark, and handsome, super strong. This dude, um, he thinks she's hot. He thinks that he loves her. But here's the thing about Delilah. She's undercover. She's actually an undercover agent for the Philistines. And she comes in, and she tries to get um, Samson to tell her what the secret of his incredible strength is. Spoiler alert. It's his hair. But he doesn't tell her. Over and over and over again, he doesn't tell her until finally this leads us to Judges chapter 16, um, verse number we're going to jump in at verse number 5. We're going to go to verse number 21. That is six verses. I did that math in my head. Glory to God. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? I love standing up and just honoring God's word. People die so we have God's word. Here's what it says. It says, then Delilah. Someone say, hey there, Delilah. Hey there. I like how some of you guys sang that in the melody and some of you did not. I, I, I like that. Then Delilah pouted. Guys, you ever, any guys have a little sister? <laughs> little sisters, is your little sister ever pouty? She says, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? If ladies, all the ladies in the room say, hey. If any guy ever tells you, how can you say you love me if you don't fill in the blank, ditch him. Ditch that guy, say goodbye. He's a buster, he's the male version of Delilah. He needs to kick rocks. He's probably not, like, undercover for God's enemies, the Philistine, trying to, like, take your life or anything, but he's no good for you <laughs> either way. Um, and then she says, you've made fun of me three times now. Don't be so soft. And you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging. 
Sounds like my mom. Day after day. <laughs> mom, you actually, my mom watches online often. I love you, mom. Sometimes you nag, but I still love you, honor you, and respect you always and forever. Day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would be as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine ruler. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with money in their hands. Why did they have money? Because they paid Delilah for all this. This is better than any like chick flick Hallmark movie. Come on now. What'd you bring me, Quentin? You made some snacks? Sick. Right after I pray, could I get a drink? <laughs> they have money for her. Verse 19, uh, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. Mm-mm. Nah. Problem number one. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. Dope. So he had dreadlocks. It's weird that he only had seven dreads, though. I don't know how that was accomplished. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as I've done before, shake free, shake myself free. And then here's one of the most depressing lines in all the Bible, but he didn't realize the Lord had left him. That messes with some of your guys' theology. So the Philistines, they captured him, and they gouged out his eyes, rated R. They took, it's like Saw 1, 2, and 3, all in one verse right there. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grain, uh, grind grain in the prison. Let's pray. God, encourage us because that was brutal. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat. Hey, have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? It's never, it's never fun being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so I used to work what was called loss prevention. Um, loss prevention is like a secret shopper. I walked around Walmart and tried to catch people stealing stuff. I'd be in regular clothes so I didn't look like security. And um, one time I'm watching this guy and he's, uh, he's got a knife on him and he's going and he's taking, kids you not, Pokemon and Magic the Gathering card sets. He's going over into men's apparel, the men's clothing section. He's opening them up with the knife and stuffing all the cards in his pockets. So I'm following him and I'm watching him. Here's the thing about uh, when you're loss prevention. You can't be seen. You can't get caught watching these people because until they leave the store, they technically haven't done anything wrong. So I wouldn't encourage this, but if you wanted to, you could go to Walmart and put a bunch of stuff in your pockets and walk around, and as long as you take it out before you walk out of the building, you didn't do anything wrong, technically. So that made our job as loss prevention really difficult. We had to be all, like, covert. We had to, like, hide behind stuff, like, sneak between aisles. Like, it was actually pretty fun. Um, and I'm watching this guy. And I'm thinking, how much stuff is he going to take? He's just going, getting the, the cards at the front by the registers, going to the men's clothing, opening it with a knife, stuffing it in his pockets. And I'm watching him, trying to not be seen. And I'm, I don't know if the cameras can follow me way over here. And I'm over here. Imagine you guys are men's apparel. I'm over here, like, hiding behind this rack. And I'm watching him. I'm like, dude, this guy is such an idiot. And he has no clue I'm watching him. I have a perfect view of him. He can't see me, but I can see him. And then a lady, like, you ever just feel somebody, like, looking at you? 
you can just like feel eyes on the side of your face. I like feel this, so I like look over, and this lady is just looking at me with like a face of disgust. And I'm like, lady, go away. I'm watching this guy, st- I'm working, I'm, st- I'm store security, go away. And I go back and I'm, I'm looking. What I didn't realize was the face, like the, 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 the rack of stuff my face was submerged in was a rack of women's bras. <laughs> so this lady thinks I'm some creepy dude like sniffing the women's bras at Walmart. Wrong place, wrong time. Someone say wrong place, wrong time. You ever been in a wrong place, wrong time situation? Tonight, I think there's a few things we can learn from Samson's story, from his mistakes. Three things tonight. Write this down. Number one, wrong place, wrong time, teeny tiny, compromise. Wrong place, wrong time, teeny tiny, compromise. Let's go to the, uh, to the chapter right before this where, um, where Samson meets Delilah. For the first time. So we're backtracking a little bit. We're hitting the rewind button, going back one chapter. Uh, Judges chapter 16, verse number four. Sometime later, Samson fell in love. He thought he fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorek. Sorek, the valley of Sorek. The valley of Sorek in the original language, Sorek means the valley of choice vine and noble wine. The, The valley of choice wine and no, choice vine and noble wine. What was rule number one for Nazarites? Who wrote it down? Don't drink. What is a guy that doesn't drink doing in a vineyard? Why is he in the valley of noble wine if he doesn't drink? Like, what's the point of that? Somebody say, wrong place. He was in the wrong place. So you don't go to in and out when you're on a diet. Come on, somebody. You... You know what Samson in the vineyard is? Samson in the vineyard is when we try to be on the diet, but we just keep going to the fridge, opening it just to check to make sure that the, that the pie is still in there. It's like, I'm just seeing if it still looks good is all. Samson, a guy who, like, Samson, what are you doing in a vineyard when you're not supposed to drink? Oh, I'm there. I just like the vibes. Okay, like, Samson, you don't drink, but you're in a vineyard because you like the vibes. That's like going to Hooters for the hot wings. (laughs) You could get hot wings somewhere else. Someone say wrong place. See, the first thing about Samson that we can learn, it's a small, minuscule, easy-to-miss compromise. Here's what it is. Don't put yourself in environments that will compromise your commitments. Some people, they... uh. They like to swim around in snake pits and then wonder why they're surrounded by serpents. You're surrounded by all these bad friends, bad people, bad situations. You go to that party that you know you shouldn't have gone to. You shouldn't have been there. Bad stuff was going to happen. Something bad happens and you go, I can't believe something bad happened. Like what? (laughs) Like come on. Don't put yourself in environments that compromise your commitments. Samson was a Nazarite. He had no business being in the vineyard. But here's the thing is that uh, Delilah... Delilah in the in the uh, the valley of Sorek, it wasn't the first time that Samson compromised. Let's rewind one more time to chapter 15, verse number five. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother as they approached the vineyards of Timnah. So the valley of Sorek is not the first time that Samson went and visited a vineyard. 
Next it says, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. Okay, if a lion tries to attack you, just take that as a sign from God that you're in a place where you shouldn't be, okay? Verse 6, then the Spirit of God came powerfully on him, and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. That's just a weird way to put that verse, but okay. Um, but he told neither his father nor his mother. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. Okay, so just really quick, that's not how relationships work. <laughs> you don't meet someone, like them, marry them. It doesn't work like that, okay? All, everybody with a little sister said, amen. Yeah, don't work like that. So he liked her. He went back, and he wanted to marry her. But check this out. Verse number eight, sometime later when he went back to marry her, he turned aside. He took a detour to look at the lion's carcass. And in, it, well, that's just weird. Like, why do you want to go see a dead lion? Uh, but what was, what was uh, rule number two for Nazarites? Oh, I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to look at it. Okay, Samson, you're compromising again. But then he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. So he scooped out the honey with his hands and ate it as he went along. Well, wait, he thought I can scoop out the honey Oh, but I'm, not, I'm just going to eat the honey. I'm not going to touch the carcass. I'm just going to get as close as I can to sinning without sinning. But watch what happens next. Then he rejoined his parents, and he gave them some of the honey too, and they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from a lion's carcass. Because then, number one, they wouldn't eat it. And number two, they'd be like, Samson, you're a Nazarite. You're not even supposed to be going near anything that's dead. What is wrong with you? What are you doing? Do you see a pattern here with Samson? You see a pattern? Um, he's almost touching dead things. He's just hanging out in vineyards. He's just getting as close as he can to the line without sinning. It's just small compromise after small compromise after small compromise. And Samson was trying to get as close to the line as he could without sinning. But how many of us do the exact same thing? Get as close to the line as we can without sinning. And what happens is that these small compromises lead to being slowly desensitized. Write those words down. Slowly desensitized. Slowly desensitized. You know what it's like? It's like when you first get into a jacuzzi and it hurts. But then after a while, you just get used to it. And so it is with sin. You take one small compromise, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of a shocker, and it doesn't feel, it's like, oh, man, this is, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I know that I shouldn't. But over time, you get slowly desensitized. Did you know that baby rattlesnakes are actually much more dangerous than the full-grown ones? Much more venomous. What are you saying? Like, okay, Corey, first of all, I brought a new friend, and you're reading from judges. There's dead lions, and now you're talking about snakes. Why? Um... Because here's the thing, you got to watch out for the little enemies because they're deadly. Watch out for the little enemies because they're deadly. I like the way Levi Lusco said it one time. He said, huge, terrible deeds come from teeny, tiny seeds. <sighs> huge, terrible deeds come from teeny, tiny seeds. Samson goes to the vineyard but he doesn't drink. He goes to the dead lion just to look at it. He takes honey from the corpse, but he doesn't touch the corpse. He just gets the honey. All in all, he, doesn't, he keeps it all a secret from his parents. Really quick, pause. What are you hiding from the people closest to you? All right, continuing. Wrong place, over and over again. Samson, wrong place, wrong time, little lie, 
teeny tiny compromise, but it all leads up to and builds up to Judges chapter 16, verse 1. You're not ready for this. If this was in a movie, it wouldn't be rated R. It wouldn't be allowed in the theaters. All these little compromises lead to this. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute and he went and spent the night with her. What? It's like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Like, over here, he was just like, you know, in a place that he shouldn't have been. And now all of a sudden, he's like, what? Spending the night with prostitutes? Like, okay. Um, and most of you think, that's crazy. I would never do that. I'd never make a mistake that big. Okay, sure. But here's the thing about the Bible. Sometimes we read the Bible. It's like this chapter, and then we move on to the next chapter, and we think, yeah, like, I read that in five minutes. The span of time, there was five minutes. No. Chapter 14 to 16 for Samson was 20 years. It was 20 years of wrong place, wrong time, a little compromise here, a little compromise there, going to this place he shouldn't have been at, going to that place that he shouldn't have been at, over and over and over again, making these little compromises all up until it became something catastrophic. And you and I would be foolish to think that we could, for 20 years, make all these little compromises and not end up in a place so destructive that we don't even recognize who we are anymore. I love the way it says it, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, chapter 10, verse number 12, it's, it's the message revision. It says, don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Beware of wrong place, wrong time. Beware of the teeny tiny compromises. Because for Samson, it led to something so much bigger. And for us, it can as well. The next thing that we can uh, learn from Samson is this. Uh, I'm not good at math, but I, but I know this much. Distraction plus distraction equals destruction. Um, I went to one of Paige Dunn's volleyball games. Anybody play any, any I was going to say ladies, but uh, guys play volleyball too. Anyone play volleyball? I love volleyball. It's a fascinating sport to me. I love it. Um, and what I kept noticing was um, someone would bump set, and then some random girl over here would just jump and swing at the air. And of course, volleyball girls make unnecessarily loud noises when they swing. I'm like, all right, <laughs> you didn't have to be that loud swinging at the air. And I, I thought at first, like, why, like, what, is this like the volleyball version of an air ball, like swinging at nothing? Did she just strike out? But quickly I realized what it was. What is it? It's a decoy. It's getting the other team to see this really tall girl over here is jumping in the air. She's about to spike the ball in one of our faces. So they go over there. Distraction plus distraction. Why? Because then everyone's looking over here. So this girl over here can hit the real spike. It's like, it's like the trick play in football. Any football players? It's like, that, it's like the pump fake in basketball. And Delilah was the distraction. Delilah was the decoy. She was the trick play. She was the pump fake. She was the distraction, but she was the distraction from the real attack, the Philistines. See, here's the thing. The enemy, Satan, if you don't know, you have an enemy. Satan, he hates you. He wants to destroy your life. And he's a buster, but he's not stupid. He knows 99% of the time you're not going to fall for the big compromise up front in the beginning. That's why he sends the trick play. That's why he distracts you with something small first. For Samson, it was Delilah. Remember, Samson killed a lion. 
a lot in, uh, I got to go to Africa a couple years ago, and there's people in Africa called the Maasai. And in order to become a man and get married, you weren't allowed to get married unless you went and killed a lion. Ladies, what if in order to marry you, your boyfriend had to kill a lion? You would be very single <laughs> for your whole life. Americans would be like, first off, those poor lions, what? Like, no, leave them alone. They have nothing to do with it. But realize, Samson, he killed a lion. He took on a swarm of deadly bees. Oh, yeah, by the way, he also killed a thousand people with no weapon, just the jawbone of a donkey. So by the time Delilah came around, he had let his guard down. And so it is with all these little distractions. We let our guard down. What trick play is the enemy using to distract you? What trick play is the enemy using to distract you? Because no one just does heroin first. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it starts somewhere. You know, people who uh, have big failures in their marriages and, and have an affair, uh, they don't wake up one day and go, I think I'm going to cheat on my spouse. No, no, no. It starts somewhere. Now, here's the thing you have to know. Every young man, every young woman in this room, hear me when I say this. Lusting after a different person on a screen every night will not set you up to love just one person for the rest of your life. See, it starts somewhere. You don't out of nowhere just be like, you know what I think I'm going to do today? Abandon my faith. Walk away from No, it starts somewhere. That's why one thing could cost you everything. What trick play is the enemy trying to pull on you? Because the actual attack is getting ready to flank you. Just like lions, lions, the first one that goes is never the one that's trying to attack the gazelle. It's attacking the gazelle as a distraction to get them over here to the ambush. That's the same thing the enemy's trying to do. That's why he's distracting you with all this political stuff that really, like, you don't have to worry about. God's got it. He's still on the throne. You're good. I'm good. We're all going to be good. Trump, we're good. Biden, we're good. Like, it's going to be fine. Come on. The church survived the Roman Empire. We can, we can survive Republican or Democrat. It's going to be fine. But you know what it is? It's all of us over here like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. I can't believe that this is going on. I feel so hopeless. I feel so, I feel so like I can't move forward. I can't move on. There's nothing. Like, I feel like absolute 100 hundred percent let down 2020 it's just a throwaway year and there's no hope and there's nothing and then Delilah comes around what's that and you're like well 2020 is already a throwaway year right don't fall for the first distraction because if the first one doesn't work the big one won't work don't fall for the distraction because distraction plus distraction equals destruction don't fall for the ambush don't fall for the, let me, good God in heaven, what in the world is that? Jesus just came back and only two people got raptured. Man, don't worry, the altar call's on its way, you guys. Let me really quick give you a couple of the top trick plays that I see the enemy use. There's a couple top trick plays I think the enemy use. I see the enemy use it a lot. Write these down. Top trick play distractions. Number one, already talked about it, relationships. Number one is relationships. No doubt about it. I'll tell you this right now. When Amber and I are like, where's so-and-so? We haven't seen so-and-so in youth in a while. First thought we think, they got in a relationship. 
some buster boy came along and dragged our girl away. He got in some relationship with some girl he had no business being in a relationship with. Because here's the thing. Love does not blind you. It makes you stupid. Okay? All of us have had those friends who forget that the rest of the world exists because they got a boyfriend or girlfriend. Look how stupid Samson was. Think about it. Every single day Samson wakes up next to, Del to Delilah, he's tied up and his enemies are trying to murder him. And it happens again and again and again. And he can't put two and two together like, she's the common denominator. Like, it was just us in the room and I woke up tied up and my enemy's trying to murder me. Huh. Who could have done that? Like, how dumb, it's like, it's Superman, like, got an Amazon package of kryptonite, gave it to Lex Luthor and said, please don't use it, I'm gonna go take a nap. Like, are you dumb? Like, but that was Samson. You need to beware of relationships that are no good for you. It's the number one distraction I've seen. Yes, relationships, dating, love, all of that, but also with friends. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me who you hang out with, I'll show you what your life's gonna look like down the road. Number two, the second distraction, the trick play, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, offense, being hurt by stuff. Because here's the thing, if you're not over it, it's over you. And if, here's the thing, you could get better or you're gonna get bitter. And if you're sitting there holding on to an offense, like even like, seriously, like, this isn't even in my notes, even within the church, even in the church, you walk in and you're like, oh, they didn't say hi to me. I'm not going back to church. Cool. No problem. That's all right. You just let Satan win. That's it. No, cool. No problem. Definitely. Just don't come back to church because somebody didn't say hi to you. No problem. You just let Satan win. You just let the first distraction win. And you walked out and probably are walking towards the bigger attack, the ambush, the greater distraction that will lead to destruction. Don't hold on to bitterness. Don't hold on to hurt. How do, I, how do I let go then? Say, God, I forgive them. Here you go. And then move on with your life. The third thing is pride. The third distraction is pride. And I think this is really, a lot of times people are like, they think that they're like they've got it all together. And anytime someone tries to bring correction, hey, I feel like you could get better in this area of your life. Can I just tell you real quick, if any of your leaders, your connect group leaders, the leaders here, if anyone ever come to you and like, hey, you're doing this and you shouldn't, don't do that, man. Like you're better than that. You know why they're telling you that? Because they see value in you and they want to see you grow. That's why they're telling you it. Like it's more awkward, that conversation is more awkward for them than it is for you. They're saying that because they love you and they value you. But pride will be the distraction that gets you like, who are you to tell me? I don't know why I put my hand on my hip like that. <laughs> it was just instinct. Who are you to tell me? <laughs> That's pride. That's humility thinking, oh, I, I don't have anything to learn ever. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Be open. Or, or if you're so Christian that you think, I'm never going to fail like Samson. What? No, you could. Yes, you could. You were not stronger than Samson. He killed a lion with his bare hands. You're not stronger than Samson, okay? He was a Nazarite. He was a miraculous baby born to a barren mother. You're not closer to God than Samson. You're not stronger than Samson. You could fall too. Get some boundaries in place. Get some people keeping you accountable. Don't fall, those, fall for those distractions because distraction plus distraction equals destruction. And when that destruction comes, the first thing to go will be your vision. What did they do to Samson when they caught him? 
They gouged his eyes out. See, for Samson, it was his physical, real, literal vision. For us, the enemy's just distracting you to try to throw on his stupid little blindfold so that you can't see your purpose. You can't see what God has for you. You can't see all the plans that God's put in front of you. You can't see that the life that God has for you is so much better than anything that you could put together on your own. You can't see that who God has for you in a future relationship is so much better than who you're going to go after anyways. You're over here focused on the Honda Civic. I'm sorry if you drive a Honda Civic. And God's got a Lamborghini for you over here. Sorry if you drive a Honda Civic. Nothing against Honda Civics are dope. Definitely much more in all of our price range. Just for illustration, you're focused on, okay, you're focused on cup of noodle here. No offense against cup of noodle. Love cup of noodles. But God's got like T-bone steak for you over here. Don't let the enemy put his blindfold on you. Somebody say amen. You, and last thing here, last thing. You don't have to give in to the distraction. You don't have to. Because some of you are like, oh, well, Samson messed up. I'm going to mess up too. No, you don't have to give in to the distraction. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. When, not if. Somebody say when. When, not if. When you are tempted, God will show you a way out so that you can endure. There you go. Like, God is going to literally give you a holy emergency exit. Anybody remember fire drills when in elementary school? Anybody remember school, going to school? That was cool. Those were the days. Um, and fire drills where they, like, showed you the fastest way to get to the emergency exit? God will do that for you with sin. Okay? He will give you an emergency exit to get out. He did the same thing to Samson. He just couldn't see it he was blindfold. He couldn't see it. Even before his eyes were gouged out by the Philistines, he gouged them out himself. Now, maybe you've already been distracted and you've given in. Maybe right now you're in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in. I'm not talking about a God-centered relationship. I'm not talking about a relationship your parents know about. I'm talking about the relationship your parents don't know about and this dude's pressuring you, this girl's pressuring you. God is not the center of it. You know it's unhealthy. You know it's not good. You know you shouldn't be in it. Just like Samson kept secrets from his parents, you're keeping these secrets from your parents and everybody that's for you. Here is my advice to you as your youth pastor. Can I be a youth pastor for a second? Here it is. Get out. Get out. Get out of the relationship. Let me say it like this. Do not hold tight to a mistake just because you made, you spent a long time making it. Don't Spend, don't, don't, we've been together for so long. Who cares? Get out of the relationship. Because like Samson, that one thing could end up costing you everything. I love how Jesus said, this isn't in my notes, but Jesus said, um, if, if your left eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's metal. <laughs> He wasn't talking about literally gouge your eyes out. No, he's talking about this like crazy willingness to do whatever you can to stay away from sin because you know that ultimately when God says don't, he says don't because it's going to hurt you. That's why he's saying that, okay? So he's saying, he's saying gouge your eyes. Like the Philistine gouged out Samson's eyes because Samson wasn't willing having that attitude to gouge his own eyes out so he didn't fall into that. What's the point? What are you saying, Corey? Here's what I'm saying. Do something crazy to your sin or your sin will do something crazy to you. You know what that means for some of you? That means delete all your social media. <gasps> oh my gosh, Corey. How would I live? Don't you know we're in a global pandemic? Don't you know there's an enemy of your soul trying to rob everything that God has for your life? And what God has for your life is way better than TikTok. 
Okay, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Distraction plus distraction equals destruction. But there's one more thing we can learn from Samson's life. Last point, as the band heads up, I start concluding. You know what it means when a preacher says he's concluding? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Here's my last point. Write this down. I love this so much. Point number three. If you're reading this, it's not too late. If you are reading this, it's not too late. It's not too late. You're never too far gone. We serve a God of mercy and grace, amen? We serve a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and seventh and 17th and 147 and 1,272nd chances. Does anybody else thankful for a God who forgives us over and over and over and over? Because if you are like me, sometimes you can be dumb and you can make mistakes. Guess what? That's fine. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. Just get better and better. I mean, we're, can I tell you, I'll be the first one in this room to say, not perfect, but boy, am I progressing. Just getting a little bit better every single day. That's what it's about. But you might be thinking, if God never gives up on us, then, Corey, what, what about Judges chapter 16, verse number 20? You said it was one of the most heartbreaking verses in all of the Bible, where it says, Samson didn't realize the Lord left him. We, you know, we sing that song, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. We sing reckless love just to mess with certain people's theology, you know, you'll chase me down and you never give up. Here, here's what we can learn from Samson's story. It's scary. Anybody like scary movies? I really like a good scary movie. Um, here's something super scary. God will let you go, but he'll always be waiting for you to come back. Just like the prodigal son, the father's like, okay, I'm your dad, I'm not a dictator. Did you know God's your dad? He's not a dictator. He's not going to, like, handcuff you to, like, a chair and say, you can't leave anywhere. You're my precious. Like, that's not God. He's your dad. And, and like the prodigal son, the dad said, all right, I'm so brokenhearted, but if you want to go, you can go. But guess what, the, guess what the father in the prodigal son story was doing? Remember we read it last week. He was sitting on the porch, looking down at the horizon, waiting for his son to come back in anticipation. And as soon as he saw him way far down the road, the, the dad was like, oh my gosh, that's my son, and went and chased him down. Didn't wait for him to get to him. He took one step towards the father. The father took a thousand steps towards him. And that's God. God will let you go, but he's right there waiting for you to come back. Why did God let Samson go? So he could taste that bitterness of not having God in his life. Some of you know that bitter taste of not having God in your life. I started thinking um, as I was prepping this story, like, so what's the line then? Like, how long will God let us compromise before he lets us go? You want to know my deep theological, pastoral, credentialed, licensed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Trying to think of <laughs> anointed, saved, sanctified, baptized in the Holy Ghost theory. You wanna know you wanna know what I put together? What, what, where's the line before God lets us go? How how long will God let us compromise? 
I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> that's why, hey, is fill in the blank sin? That's why that's the wrong question. I don't want to figure, because for Samson, like, everyone's like, you know, you could read the, you could hear like Samson's story in kids ministry and be like, wait, he cut his hair and God left him? It's kind of messed up, God. Like, you get a nice fade and all of a sudden, like, God's like, peace out. I like the dreads. <laughs> no, no. Look at God's grace in this story. He said, don't drink. Don't touch nothing dead. Don't cut your hair. He's hanging out in vineyards, going and hanging out with prostitutes. God forgave him for the vineyards. He forgave him for the dead lion. He forgave him for lying to his parents. He forgave him for the girls, the prostitutes. He forgave him for Delilah over and over, and he still had his strength. And then all of a sudden, he, he tells Delilah the secret. His hair gets cut, and that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. I think in a lot of ways, it's sort of what it symbolized, but... What if you're one compromise away from God going, okay? I'll be right here waiting when you get back. Oh my gosh, I, you know, have you ever heard, you guys, especially those of you who grew up in church, you ever heard the term, the fear of God? It's kind of a weird term, right? You're like, wait, you're not supposed to fear God. Like, God loves us and we love him. Like, I think this is, this is kind of where the fear of God comes into play, where it's like, I would be so utterly terrified to find out or know that God said, all right, Corey, clearly you, you don't want anything to do with me. And you know what? I'm not a dictator. I'm not holy Hitler. I'm not going to make you live for me. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's not Nazi Germany. So do what you want. I'll be right here waiting for you when you're done. Just hope you don't cause too much damage. But can I tell you, Samson was so far gone, but he was not too far gone. Oh, and look at Samson. Like, most of you are hearing Samson's story like, that dude was messed up. Like, that guy made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and I have not made that many mistakes. That guy is messed Yeah, he was so messed up, but he was not too messed up for God. Can I tell you, God loves messy people. He loves messy situations. He loves getting right in the middle of all that, so that when you get saved, so that when Samson got redeemed, people are like, what? You know when I got saved, people thought it was a rumor. They thought that people were, they, they thought people were spreading rumors. He's like, Corey? Not Corey. Do you know Corey? I, you talking about Corey? Corey White? Yeah, Corey White. Corey Devon White? He's like, that Corey? Skater Corey? Yeah, that Corey. He got, he's a Christian now. My friends come to me, Corey, you know there's rumors being spread there? <laughs> this is crazy, dude. It's crazy. That you're a Christian now. How hilarious is that? And I'm like, ah, it's true. You know what almost all of my friends ended up saying? What happened? Because they knew I was so messed up, there had to be something more going on. God loves messing people. Maybe you thought you were too far gone. It is not too late for you, and you're not too far gone. Neither was Samson. Look at this. Judges chapter 16, verse 28. In slavery, chained up, blind broken, a shadow of what he once was, Samson in a temple, a pagan temple, blind, can't see anything, chained up. He prays this prayer 
of repentance, he says, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, as if God could have forgotten him. He says, oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. And then God strengthened him. And then Samson, like a boss, pulls the pillars down. And he ended up as a warrior, a judge. I know judges is a pretty like, judges is like the movie 300. It's pretty brutal. Um, He ends up killing more Philistines, God's enemies. You might be like, that's messed up. Like, oh, I don't think the Bible, I I thought we aren't. Like, that's bad, right? Yeah, no, bad for sure. The Philistines were terrible people who were taking control of God's people, making him do horrible things. So that's why the judges were instituted and all this. And in his death, Samson took out more Philistines than he ever did in his life. And Samson, here's the biggest thing. He was not too far gone. And neither are you. Know why? Because with God, there are no hopeless cases. As I close, let me ask you this question. Um, Are you a hopeless case? Would other people think it's a joke if you became a Christian because you're just too far gone? There are no hopeless cases with God. To the Christians in the room, who's the hopeless case that you know and how might God use you to reach out to them? Be careful of the wrong place, wrong time, those small compromises. Watch out for that distraction, because a distraction plus a distraction will equal destruction. If you're reading this, it's not too late. Beware. One thing could cost you everything, but one comeback moment could change everything for you. And I tell you tonight, if you don't know God, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus, this is your comeback moment. It's why you're here tonight. I don't believe it's an accident. I don't believe it's a coincidence. I know that's cliche, but I believe that it's true. This is your comeback moment. You're not too far gone. We're going to pray in just a moment. And this prayer is going to be one where you say, God, I'm done chasing after all the things that are no good for me. I'm ready to let go and follow you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This is a public setting, but a private moment. Nobody's looking around. Um, if you're right here in this moment and, uh, and you would say, Corey, that's me. I feel like I'm Samson. I've compromised small things after small things. Maybe you've compromised big things. Maybe you're at a place where you're just, you feel so lost and you're ready to be found. You feel dead. You just want to feel life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. If you want to step into relationship with your Heavenly Father, you're not coming to religion. You're coming to a relationship with your Heavenly Father. If that's you, you want to step into that relationship right here, right now. This is your comeback story. This is your comeback moment. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, you want to step into relationship with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus, tonight. I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. The reason I want you to raise your hand is because I really do believe when we respond on the outside to what happens on the inside, it makes it all the more real in our life. So this is it. This is your moment. We're not building this up. This is, this is it. When I get to three, you raise your hand. One, two, three, go. Right now, all over this place. 
anybody else. Man, hands going up all over the place. Amazing. This is the best decision you can make with your life. I promise you that. You can put your hands down. Hey, we're going to pray, and because we're a family, we all pray together. I know that for some of you who just raised your hand, you're like, I have never prayed. That's all right. I'm going to give you some words. Just repeat these words. The Bible's so clear. Like, just believe them with your heart. Wrap your heart around these words, and you will be saved. So write out loud. You don't got to scream it or anything, but hey, just write out loud. Would you repeat these words right after me? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. No more compromising, no more distractions. I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Come on. Hey, really quick, if you just prayed that prayer, know this, it's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning. We want to walk out these next steps with you. So we put together these videos called The Next Seven Days. We want to get these videos to you, um, just help you in the next week of your faith journey. You can get these videos in a really easy way. Just DM us at BridgeYTH underscore. DM us the words next seven, and we'll get you these videos. We feel like it's our responsibility. Please, please, they'll bless you. I promise you they'll help you out. I want to end before we worship with a challenge. Right now, would you just stand to your feet? No one distracting anybody. And tonight, I want, um, I want our moment of worship to be a moment. Maybe we're, like, this isn't necessarily what I had planned, but what I have in my heart. That the first half of this song, take a moment to reflect on this. Two things. Number one, have you put any relationship above your relationship with God? Is there any relationship that comes before God in your life? So I'm telling you, that one thing could cost you everything, and it's not worth it. Nothing is worth sacrificing your relationship with God. The second thing is this. Is this one's not going to be on the screen. Um, is there any teeny, tiny compromise that you're holding on to? That maybe tonight you're realizing you thought it wasn't a big deal. But you're realizing if you don't let it go, it'll be just like Samson's story. Little compromise here. Little compromise there. A little compromise here. And then destruction. And you're realizing that. I see people tonight that the compromise for some of you, the compromise, I know some of these are like the go-to, but some, some people in the room, you've got to stop going to those websites. For some of you, you're not going to the websites, but it's just there's certain Instagram profiles you're going to. There's certain TikTok um, accounts you're going to. And here's your thought process, young person. Your thought process is this is not porn. Okay, but it's a compromise that's going to lead you somewhere. I'm telling you this, that looking, lusting over a different person on a screen every night will not set you up to love just one person for the rest of your life. 
And those bad habits will creep into your one day marriage. And you know what none of us ever dream about? What none of us ever like? You know what I really want? I want to meet the perfect person that God brings into my life. I want to fall in love, have an amazing dating relationship, get engaged, him on one knee, amazingly romantic, a beautiful wedding, move in together, get a house, beautiful kids, and then 15 years in, get divorced. But can I tell you, that's what happens to so many people who don't deal with these little compromises now. For some, that's what it is. For some, the little compromise is that right now, all you're doing, you're just vaping. Can I tell you, it's so freaking stupid, you guys. So stupid. So stupid. And some of you are the, this is going to be funny, even though it's a serious moment right now. Guys, seriously, come on, be serious. It's a holy moment. You know what you look like when you're vaping? You look like the dude that's outside when it's 30 degrees in a tank top trying to flex and he's wearing sunglasses at night. (laughs) You know what that guy's doing? He thinks he's looking so cool, but you're making yourself look goofy as heck. That is what 99% of, that's what everybody who doesn't vape thinks when you're walking around vaping. I look so freaking cool. I'm just helping you out. I'm just helping you out. But also, no one does heroin first. No one gets into hard drugs first. It starts somewhere. And that starts somewhere is literally my story. Cut it out. Is that your small compromise? For some of you, the small compromise is gossip. You just talk about people left and right. You just tear them down. You use your words to not build up. You beat up. And like some of you, like I love you, okay? I love you. I love you. Some of you have such a, like, oh gosh, one more time. I love you. Some of you are so cowardly that you don't even gossip to people's faces. You only do it behind a screen. I'm only, I would not tell you this if I I feel more uncomfortable than you do right now. That's some of your guys' compromise. Two things as we worship. Take the first half of this song to just reflect on those two questions. Is any relationship over your relationship with God? Are you holding on to any small compromise you need to let go of? And by the time I say, by the time we're getting to the chorus, when Sam really starts beating the heck out of those drums, just say, I'm letting that go. And then turn your focus from reflection to just worshiping God. Right now, would you close your eyes? If you're comfortable, just lift your hands. God, all we want is you. All we want is you. Nothing compares. Nothing comes close. God, I pray right now, if we've put anyone, any relationship before you, in this moment of worship, we put you back on the throne of our hearts. God, if there's any little compromise we're allowing in, that baby rattlesnake that we're allowing too close, we just don't even, we don't even feel threatened by it. God, would you show it to us so that we can let it go? And then we can receive all that it is that you have for us. This moment, God, we worship you. We praise you. Right there, right now. Just like worship you. Worship you.
This is the moment to go ahead and let everything you go. Let that heavy heart go. In the name of the Lord, I just pray over every one of you. Whatever battle you're struggling through, breakthrough is coming. Come on.
is that message? Give it up for Pastor Corey real fast, you guys. I know he challenged you guys to think about some things, but I, I want you guys to do like a self-check. I don't know if your textbooks still do that, where you do like self-checks at the end and like to make sure you know what you're, you're reading about. Whatever. I'm old. Um, but do a little self-check. Think about some of the things that could be a possible compromise, right? Maybe it's a show you watch, friends you're hanging out with, music you're listening to, whatever it is that could be a compromise or could hinder anything later on in life, let's handle it now. Because like a little tiny bushfire is a lot easier to maintain than a wildfire. Uh, let's handle it now, right? I know I'm sounding super dramatic, but things start little. And it's way easier to handle it little than it is when it's a way bigger problem or an even addiction when you're older. Um, you're le- I know... I know the leaders sometimes sound super dramatic about certain things and we're like, don't do that, you're going to be addicted or whatever it is. But like we come from a place of like we've seen it. Some of us may have lived it, who knows, right? But we're not saying just to say it. We're not just talking to hear ourselves talk. Like we know what we're talking about. Like we may not have all the answers, but we know. We've seen things. We've lived life, you know. So um, I want to encourage you guys to do just a little self-check. Throughout the weeks, just realize, listen to what you're saying, listen to how you're talking to people, whatever it is, just be aware of it and try and handle it now, right? I want to encourage you guys, if you guys didn't, um, you guys can still text the next seven days. Um, If you guys gave your life to Christ tonight or you rededicated your life to Christ, we want to know about it. We're so excited for you. We're a big family. It's a blast. We're crazy, but we're fun, so it's awesome. So tell somebody, tell a leader, talk to somebody, talk to us. We want to hear you. We want to talk to you. Um, So yeah, we encourage you. Um, We'll see you Sunday morning. And if not, we'll be online or we'll be here. If not, we'll see you Wednesday. Bye.